the Lord has given me a word for this congregation today. And uh, so I'm going to give it to you the best I can. And uh, we're just going to believe the Lord to minister to some people in this house. Is that all right with you? Now, I'm, I'm supposed to set my timer, and I'm going to do it. But I'm not saying that I'm going to stay with that timer. Hallelujah. They didn't ask me to do that. I just kind of do that. On October 13th, 2010, all 33 of the Chilean miners who were trapped for 69 days inside the San Jose mine were raised to the surface of the earth. They were resurrected. Through a newly drilled escape tunnel in which a capsule was slowly lowered and raised by a giant crane. It was a feat of engineering. It was a triumph of faith. Neither the miners buried under a half a mile of rock nor their families above the ground in a makeshift tent city called Campo Esperanza, Camp Hope, ever completely gave in to despair. Despite the fact for 17 days before the drill finally broke through to the refuge, the room where the men had gathered, no one knew whether they were alive or not. Before they left the refuge, all 33 men recognized that their story was their most prized possession. That glorious moment on day 17 when engineers on the surface drew up the drill, rescue drill and discovered a note tied to the bit that read, We are well in the refuge. Signed, the 33. We are well in the refuge. I don't know what that does for you, but when I read that story, I thought, oh my word, there is a place of refuge. There is a place of refuge. You are in a place of refuge this morning. There, you're in a place where the enemy cannot get to you today. Come on, somebody, hear me just a little bit. You are in the refuge. I want to preach to you for a few moments today on the subject, after the storm. After the storm, book of Matthew chapter 8, verse 26. Uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 26. And Brother Toby, I hadn't forgotten about you either, sir. Love you, man. Good musician. You got, y'all got great bands and singers and all. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Matthew 8, 26. And he saith unto them, Why are you afraid, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Everybody said a great calm. I want to preach to you after the storm. Put your Bibles down, lift your hands to heaven, and let's pray together. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost in this house. We ask you to touch us right now. In the name of Jesus, do a mighty work in this building, oh God. Minister to someone. Help us today, God. Let us feel your power the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Come on, lift your voice to heaven one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated if you'll help me preach this morning. I will, uh, I will uh, hastily go into where the Lord has, has directed me today. Uh, there are times that we go through storms. We have, uh, uh, 2020 has been the biggest storms of our life. Uh, I, I, I don't know if we've ever seen a day like uh, 2020. Uh, I got hit with COVID. I got hit with, uh, uh, as many of you have been, uh, I realize I'm not a special person. <laughs> uh, but we all have storms in our life. And let's look beyond just the COVID issue. 
because I'm not, I'm not focusing on that today. But we have storms in our life. There are times where you hear the doctor say, uh, I've got a bad report for you. Uh, there's a t there are times when you hear uh, the boss say, well, we're having to shut down your part of the plant. Or, uh, I hate to give you the bad news. There's storms. And uh, maybe the attorney says to you, uh, we've got problems. And maybe the divorce attorney says, uh, sorry, there's nothing else can be done. You see, there are times of sorrow. There are times of storm. And however, it is a difficult thing to think of a blessing during the middle of a storm. During our times of affliction, we just want out of it. And we want it to end. Can I hear an amen today? Amen. We want that to end. We say, I'm ready for this thing to be over. It may be a health challenge. It may be something that you are facing in your own life today. One of the challenges of the affliction is that we are off, it often lasts longer than we anticipated. Hallelujah. It lasts longer than what we really thought it should last. We are in this microwave age that says I can put a burrito in the microwave from the freezer and within 30 seconds to a minute I can be having a frozen burrito. Hallelujah. Psalms chapter 6 verse number 3. My soul is in anguish, O God. How long, Lord, how long? I am worn out from my groanings. I, all night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. And my eyes grow weak with sorrow. Psalms 132, or 13.2 says, How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and the day after day my sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Psalms 94.3 says, How long, Lord, shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? The, sometimes the length of our storm is longer than we anticipated and sometimes the journey of, to the fulfillment of our dream takes longer than what we thought it should take and sometimes the peace that we the, uh, the space of time between God's promise and the fulfillment of the promise is longer than what we thought it was going to be hallelujah I, 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 I travel all the time I, um, I, I was, I've been flying since I was just a little kid and uh, uh, flying is not my favorite thing to do, though I have to do it. I, uh, I don't, I mean, I drive six hours or fly. I, I will fly because uh, my, my backside is just, uh, you get to the point where you just get tired of riding. Uh, I'm trying to find somebody that will start driving me that I can just kick back and relax. But it's just not happened so far. And uh, I'll get you all to smile at some point here this morning. And uh, so I'm, I'm getting ready to, uh, to, to fly somewhere. I, I go somewhere and, or to go preach or whatever. I am glad that when I get on the plane that the captain does not say, once we get into the air, he says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad you have flown with United today. But uh, we got off the ground pretty good, but uh, this is my first time. Uh, it's going to be a little bumpy coming down. Okay, I'm just going to keep preaching. Uh, uh, I, I'm glad that he says this is, uh, has not said this is my first time. We were, uh, my wife and I were in Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, when Hurricane Harvey came in uh, in 2019, I, I believe it was, in, in the summer, and uh, our daughter was in Houston with friends, and uh, uh, we were in Cincinnati, or we were in Indiana, and I told my wife, I said, our baby is down there. My, my baby girl is in Houston. And I said, I'm not going to let that storm come in because you have no idea what's going to happen. I said, I'm going to get to my baby girl, whatever I have to do. 
I said, I'll either fly down there, I'll drive down there, I'll walk down there, I will do whatever has to be done because that's my baby girl. I'm preaching to somebody in this place right now. So we get to Cincinnati and I, uh, uh, we got on uh, Frontier Airlines and uh, we got the bare bones thing. Man, I got the cheapest, quickest thing that I could get out of there. And we get on the plane and the captain comes on and says, folks, we're going to have to delay. We had a screw that's loose inside the cabin and the FAA has to authorize the replacement of it. I said, hey, I'm from the country. Just give me a screwdriver and I'll take care of that, stuff, uh, that thing. Come on, somebody, help me. Give me some duct tape and a screwdriver and we will make this thing go. And uh, just kind of didn't work that way. They say you have to call the FAA, and where, they might be at dinner, but their FAA is going to have to come out there and inspect it. Now, I'm glad for the rules, and I, I'm, I'm cool with it, but I was ready to get down to my little girl. Somebody help me here a little bit. So finally, the pilot says, uh, he comes out there, and we're waiting on the FAA guys. And uh, he said, uh, he looked at us, and we're sitting in the front, and, and he, said, uh, he said, look, uh, he said, as long as they don't close the airport down in Houston, he said, I can land the plane. And uh, the, steward, the, the, the steward looked at me and he said, I don't like that. And I said, okay. I, I said, man, I'm cool with that. And, and finally, after about an hour and a half, an hour and a half delay, I thought that we should have taken off whenever we needed to take off because that's what they said. They said, we will leave here at a certain time. And so uh, the plane takes off and uh, we, we get going, and as we're coming into Houston, we can see Hurricane Harvey sitting there. And, and uh, from our point of view above the clouds, it was beautiful. It was absolutely magnificent to just see nothing but white clouds swirling. And, and uh, in the middle of a rain band, he just come down and landed that plane. And literally when the wheels touched the ground, the captain came on the, plane, uh, the, the intercom and he said, and that's how you do it. We all started clapping, and, and the steward looked at me, and he said, he is so cocky. I said, I'm glad that he knows what he's doing. I'm glad I can handle him being cocky. I want to tell somebody in this place today that God knows who you are, that God knows where you're at, and he can land. God can land this thing. I want somebody to hear me in the middle of your trouble. He knows what he's doing. In the middle of my storm, it may not be going like I want it to go, but God knows what's going on. Somebody, I need somebody to help me just a little bit. Clap your hands a little bit because God is in control. Hallelujah. Our problem is, is if we start believing our doubts, we're going to doubt our beliefs. Come on, let me say it again. If you believe your doubts, then you're going to doubt your beliefs. So whenever the doubt comes up, I don't know if it's going to happen. That's why that song has been stuck in my spirit. I don't know who told you it's all, all over. I don't know who told you it's time that you quit. But my God said it's not over yet. Somebody hear me in this house today. That God is in control of your storm. God is in control of your situation. He knows who you're at he, who you are he knows where you're at would you clap your hands to Jesus man I'm glad that we didn't get up I, I, I like I said I fly and we do it I've got to do it and and uh, there's two times that I get nervous I get nervous when you take off and I get nervous when you land hello I and of course I flew yesterday on 9-11 that wasn't, I woke up yesterday morning and I started kind of flipping through the channels on the computer. 
I started clipping through the channels. Some of y'all will get that and some of you won't. And I stopped and it, it started showing about the Twin Towers. And I watched it for about 10 minutes and I said, you are the dumbest person on this planet. You're fixing to get on an airplane. Turn that thing off. I turned on good old diners, drive-ins, and dives. I get along with food. I don't know about y'all, but I get along with food. So uh, I, I, I get, uh, we're, we're flying again, and uh, we get on there, and, and I, I just don't like the bumps. I don't like the, you know, uh, taking off and landings. I, I had a man tell me we were landing one time, and uh, coming in from the Philippines, we're on the big old 737 or 747 big jumbo jet. And a friend of mine leaned forward as we're landing, as we're landing, mind you. He said, uh, you know, a landing really is just a controlled crash. I said, Jason, you are an idiot. Sorry, I know that's not politically correct, but that's what I said. I said, you are absolutely nuts. I said, why did you tell me? He just laughed. <laughs> he said, I figured you would enjoy that. I said, I'm going to punch you if you do that again. So we take, we're going to take off again, and we get back from the, the, the gate, and the pilot comes on. He said, folks, we're going to have a great flight today. He said, but when we take off, it's going to be a little bumpy. Bumpy to me in code is going, it's going to be rough. Bumpy to me means, uh, hang on, baby, it's, it's, it's fixing to happen. And Sister Chance, here's what happened. We got up in the air, and it was probably one of the roughest flights I have ever been on in my life. And all of a sudden, the plane started doing this, and my wife is grabbing a hold of my arm. She is breaking, I, I mean, she is, her fingernails are just digging into my arm. And uh, she says, babe, babe, I, I'm fixing to be sick. I said, you're fixing to break my arm too. I said, I, I, I said it hurts. It, it really, really hurts. And I said, you're going to have to let go. And in my mind, I'm, I'm just screaming, but out in my mouth, out of my mouth, here's what I'm saying. I'm literally saying, because it was real bad, folks. I, it, I, I say it was bad. And here is what I kept saying out loud. Planes were designed for this. Planes were designed for this. I just hope they weren't drunk when they designed it. Hello? I, I'm saying out loud, planes are de designed for this. They are designed to have uh, flexible, uh, the wings, there's flex, it can flex some. I ha had a pilot was explaining some of that stuff to me. And, I, and, and while I'm saying that, that the plane, they were designed for this, do you realize that God designed you for this day? He did not design you for yesterday. He did not design you for 10 years ago. He designed you for this day. In other words, when he designed you, he designed you to be able to go through the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff somebody hear me today David said I'll lift up mine eyes to the hill from which cometh my help my help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth he will not suffer thy foot to be moved he that keep he is not asleep right now Come on, I'm preaching to some people in this building. Sir, he's not asleep right now. Ma'am, he's not asleep. He has not locked, knocked his head on his throne somewhere. He said, I have designed the church for this day. I have designed the church for this moment. 
Say, do you have to get all hot and bothered about it? You don't understand what I understand. And, and you don't understand what I know is that there comes times in our life where we say, I don't know if I can handle this anymore. You know what? It's because you haven't found that place of refuge. You've got to get into the place where I say, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Somebody hear me today. Come on, you walked into this building needing an answer. I'm giving you an answer in the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody came in here today needing some freedom. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost right now, there's freedom fixing to happen in this building. Uh, come on, after the storm, what do I do after the storm? I don't know what's going to happen after the storm, but I know that if I can praise him before the storm, I should be able to praise him in the middle of the storm. And when I get out of the storm, I will still be able to praise him. Come on, that's why it's important that we praise him. Pastor talked about it a moment ago. That's why I've got to learn how to praise him because I don't know when the storm is going to happen. And so if I can praise my way into it, I need to praise my way out of it. I hear people say, well, I don't know if it's all necessary. I don't know about you or not. I know for me, I have to praise him. I have to... I've got to praise him. Why? Because I don't praise him just because of what he does to me. I praise him because he is God. He stepped out on the balcony of time and said, let there be light. And he can do that in the middle of my storm and say, let there be light in the middle of my darkness. Come on, when the, God, when the doctor tells you there, you got cancer, come on, that, that is a storm and a half. I, I understand I had to, uh, 1998, the doctors diagnosed me with uh, uh, colon cancer. I have survived very well. Folks, in case y'all didn't notice, this isn't one of those skinny jean suits. I just buy them and I make them skinny. Uh, man, I'm preaching to some people in this place today. God, how long is my storm going to last? Uh, well... You just keep worshiping me, worshiping me in the middle of the storm. storm. That song says, my anchor holds. You may tell you what, our problem is, is we, lose the, uh, we lose the hold of the anchor. We, we try to say, well, I'm just going to go with it. No, just face the storm and say, God, in the middle of my storm, in the middle of the rain and the wind, I'm going to love you. I'm not going to turn my back on you. I'm not going to stop being what, what you have called me to be because you don't stop being God. In the middle of your storm, let God be God. Got on the plane yesterday, and a lady sat down next to me and uh, across the aisle from me, and she said, we started talking. I said, yeah, I'm a preacher. I'm going to, uh, uh, to, to Monroe to preach tomorrow at, at Christian Life Center, and I, I'm our church. And I, said, I, I told her where we were at, and she said, the Lord placed you on the plane with me tonight, today. She said, I'm leaving Houston because I've got cancer, and I have to come here for treatment all the time. I said, ma'am, I have no doubt about that. I said, but don't ever take ownership of something that does not belong to you. I said, that cancer does not belong to you. Some, I'm preaching to some people in this place right now. Your storm does not belong to you. Uh, come on. I told her, I said, ma'am, you're either healed here or healed there. One of the two. It does not belong. Uh, come on. Don't me. I'm preaching the truth. Your storm, don't name your storm because your storm your storm is just only for a moment. Your storm is only for a short time. So I am not, man, I feel the Holy Ghost all over me right now. I, come on, your storm is not, don't name your storm and take ownership of it because it's here for a moment and it'll be gone tomorrow. 
my daughter, as long as there's breath in my body, I'll call her Alexis. I'll call her my little girl. I'll do whatever I've got to do for my little girl. She is 23 years old. She just graduated from Bible college in May. It doesn't matter. She can be 90 years old. And if I'm still breathing, she'll still be my little girl. Why? Because she is mine. Somebody hear me. But that sickness does not belong to me. That's why I said the doctors diagnosed me with, uh, with, uh, with uh, colon cancer. God did not diagnose me. Somebody hear me in this place today get it in your spirit it ain't over until God says it's over I need somebody to lift your voice to heaven right now because God come on I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost right now I, sir in the blue shirt right there I don't know who y'all are I don't know anything about you but it's not over yet God has got it all under control God has got everything under control come on would you lift your hands to heaven right now come on lift your hands to heaven right in the name of Jesus it's not over come on God God we, we, we. You start doubting, uh, believing your doubts, then you're going to doubt really what you believe. When these doubts start coming in, the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit, the Lord, will raise a standard against it. it it's a wall. It's a barrier. It's a, it's a separation. Let God do that. I told this lady yesterday, and she may be here today. I don't, I don't know. I invited her. I told her where we all were at. I said, I said ma'am, I said, uh, don't take ownership of it. Don't, wh whatever you do, don't take ownership of it. I said, because it does not belong to you. I said, ma'am, can, can I just be honest with you? She said, yes, sir, please do. I said, ma'am, if you'll just let God be God. Let the doctors do what they do. I appreciate the doctors. I thank for the technology. I, I, I'm thankful for all those things that they do. Uh, they're not perfect. They'll tell you they're not perfect. And they're giving you their opinion. They're telling you what they think and how they've studied it, what it's supposed to do. Well, I'm telling you what God says it will do. Let the doctors be doctors and let God be God. Yes, I've gone to the doctor before. Yeah, when I had COVID, I was, I, I was in the ER three times. I, I just let them do what y'all do. But God, I still trust you. I, 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 was, uh, I, I got home that night. I was preaching revival in Mississippi. And uh, I, I get to the hotel, I'm back to the evangelist quarters. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to start a little coffee business. And, and uh, they sent me the samples. The company did. And I opened a packet. And I went, I coffee that doesn't have a smell. I opened the next one. I opened five packets. Nothing. Zero. I went, that's strange. I went over to my cologne, my favorite cologne. Uh-oh. Houston, we got a problem. I couldn't smell nothing. I had been eating dinner with them. Everything was salty. It was so salty, I, I thought, oops, somebody tripped with a salt shaker. Literally, I, I was like, they said, would you like second? My blood pressure is high enough. I, when I was sitting, when I was in that evangelist quarters, all of a sudden, fear came in. And I said, God, I'm your child. And for seven months now, I have preached faith over fear. I'm asking you, Lord, right now. I'm asking you right now, would you place a blanket of peace upon me? God, because I know you're with me. And I will not fear because you are in control. And God literally placed a blanket of peace.
I never one moment thought, well, I'm gone. This is over. I didn't write out my will. I didn't do all of those things because God placed a blanket of peace. I did think, man, how much more sick can I get? And, and uh, they said, we're taking you to the emergency room. And I almost passed out one day. And the doctor said, because of medicine you're on. And, and all, told me all of these different things. And I, I just get, well, I'm going back home. I, I'm cool. Somebody said, they didn't admit you. And I said, no, I'm glad they didn't because that means everything is going to be all right. I know what I had prayed. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. Somebody hear me today in the middle of your storm. It ain't over after the storm. That's what you have to decide. In the name of Jesus, your storm, come on. In the middle of your storm, you're saying, what, where? this going the last night uh, the last uh, time that I was in the emergency room the church where I was at the pastor's daughter is over the nurses uh, section at the hospital she's she's high up and she called me and she said brother Marshall are you eating anything and I said no I said I I really don't have a taste for anything she said you got to eat she said that's part of getting better and I I said I can't and she said how much of the soup did you eat last night? I said, maybe two spoonfuls. She said, I'm coming in and I'm going to force feed you. You're not dying on my watch. I said, hey, I like that. She said, uh, you're not dying on my watch. She said, I'm coming in. I said, no, you're not. I ain't dressed. She said, well, I'm a nurse. I've seen everything. I said, no, you haven't. <laughs> not me, you haven't. I said, give me about 60 seconds. And I, bro, this sick boy, this sick fat boy got dressed real quick. She walks in the door, and I've got my sweats on, my T-shirt on. She said, we're going to the hospital. I said, okay, whatever you say, doc. I know she was a different nurse. But I said, whatever. She said, you're dehydrated. We get there, and man, she starts barking orders, and they got wheelchairs, and the head CEO comes down. and I mean, they're taking all good care of her. They stick a needle in my arm. They put the IV in there, and they give me stuff to rehydrate me. Went back home, and I said, God, thank you for what you're doing. I don't understand why he does what he does. I don't understand why he allows. I, I, we, we, we've all gone through this. But I've got to learn something in the middle of my storm. He's still God. I, I'm, if you'll give me a little dinner music or something, I'm, 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 I'm on the downhill swing. Here's, here's the deal. In the middle of our storm, we've got to learn how to really trust him. But to be honest with you, we should have built a place long before we got to that, the middle of that storm. If you wait till you get to the middle of the storm, you got problems. Because you don't know what thus saith the Lord. My sheep know my voice. Why do we worship? Because I want the shepherd to hear the voice of the sheep. not the way it happens he said this day I give you grace this day I give you grace no he doesn't give me tomorrow's grace today he give me, gives me today's grace today and so when I walk in tomorrow he gives me the grace for that day and then we're trying to it, it's okay to plan and have those, those the, the retirement that but I'm talking about having grace in Somebody asked me, they, just, they said the other day about blessings of God. I said, God does not bless you because you're good. Hello? 
God does not bless you because you're good. God blesses you because he's God. God, how long am I going to have to stay in the storm? Don't know. I can't hear him. I can't see him. Job said, I can't see him. I can't hear him. I can't feel him. I don't know. I look to the north, south, east, and west. But he made this statement. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though, he, though everything around me crumbles, I'm still going to trust God. Though everything around me absolutely falls apart, he's still God. I may lose confidence in people. I may lose confidence in, in situations. How's it going to work out? I certainly lose confidence in government. Hello? I'm not going to get political. Doesn't matter who's in the house, the White House or the He's still God. Doesn't matter who's where, He's still got to be God. Would you lift your hands to heaven right now, everybody in this building? God, I trust you. I have confidence in you. often underestimate how long the storm will last, but we also underestimate our ability to endure. I don't know if I can handle this. is doing something really deep right now. Can, can I just can I just step out of trying to be Mr. Proper here today? Can I just step out? Is that alright with y'all? I know it would be. You told me to take my liberty. There are so many ideas going on right now about the storms that the world is going through. When I got sick last year, I said I wasn't going to focus on that, and I let some of my plans, but the Holy Ghost just kind of, I was in, I was preaching in uh, uh, Pascagoula, Mississippi, my good friend, Archie Holly. He said, I want you two weekends, I preach for him for four or five years, two weekends in a row. He said, in the midweek, he said, we really don't have a lot of midweek service, but he said, uh, on the weekends, come in. I said, okay. So I drove there, and uh, I said, well, instead of going back to Houston, which was six and a half hour drive, I said, I'll just go ahead and go on over to Pensacola. <laughs> Let me back up a little bit. On my way to the revival, or to preach for him that weekend, last year, that's when the hurricane, one of the hurricanes, it was uh, Laura and Delta, or was it Delta and Laura? I don't remember which one. But anyway, it was it was not Laura, it was uh, it was Delta. And I was driving there. Actually I'd gone to the airport to fly. And I get to the airport and they're starting to uh, I get to the airport and they're 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 canceling flights everywhere along the southern south, you know, eastern coast. And I said, uh, I, I asked the lady at the, the when I went to check in, I said, 
is the flight to Pascagoula or Ocean Springs, is, I said, is it, or Biloxi, I said, is it, is it going to be canceled? She said, probably so. I said, okay. I walked out of there, took the transport to get, rent a car. I got in the car, and I just said, I'm, I'm going. Well, I didn't think about the storm coming in. I get to the Atchafalaya. Man, I cannot. Gary LeBeau, I pronounced that correctly. Boudreaux and Thibodeau, I got those names. Atchafalaya. Atchafalaya. Jambalaya. you some extreme things for me. I've driven, I've been in the middle of a tornado. Didn't realize until it was over. And that, and that hurricane that, that went with in that car on the bridge. I called Brother Holly and I said, pray, Reverend. I said, I'm scared to death. I said, this car is literally, it's coming up from Homa. That's it. I, I was right in the middle of that storm. We started praying to get there have revival. So I go to Pensacola in the middle of the week. And I'm over there and I'm walking into the hotel and I see two ladies, a Caucasian lady and African American lady standing there. They've got these three ring binders under their arms and uh, they don't have a mask on. And I, they went to get on the elevator and it said CDC guidelines, two people on the elevator. And I said, ma'am, are y'all following the CDC guidelines? She said, no, we're with, the, we are the CDC. Come on, get on here with us. God is my witness. That's what she said. I would not lie to you. I wouldn't. She said that. And I said, uh, okay, I pulled my mask off. She said, we're three feet apart. We're not looking at each other. You know, we're not speaking in each other's faces. I said, okay. Well, we get to the floor that I'm getting off at, and one of the ladies gets off the floor with me. And I said, ma'am, tell me how bad this thing really is. She said, oh, it's bad, sir. I said, I, I understand that. I said, but what, what about it? She said, we don't know everything. I said, okay. I said, I'm a preacher. I travel all over the place. And I said, y'all got to stop this. I said, you're causing fear not only in America, but by proxy around the world. And then she kind of took a step back. She said, I just had a word from the Lord. I said, yes, ma'am, you did. And there's more where that came from. She said, we're having a news conference with the governor of Florida tomorrow. I said, well, I expect y'all to do something about this. Quit spreading fear. If you don't know what you're talking about, just say, we don't know. Here's what's happened. In your storm, the enemy tries to tell you, man, it's really bad. It's, it, it's really bad. But I've come to tell you today. Now, the storm, you may still have a little bit of that storm. I prayed, I spoke in tongues going down the bridge. I prayed, tears streaming down my face. God, I love you. I'm glad you're not finished with me yet. God, I, I'm, still, I, I'm still moving on. Come on, am I preaching to somebody in this place today? God, in the middle of my storm, you're still God. Come on, 
lift your hands one more time. We underestimate our ability to endure. Come on, lift your voice. Everybody in this place, lift your voice. Come on, everybody, lift your voice. Everybody, lift your voice. God, I praise you. God, I praise you. God, I praise you. I, I honestly, this is what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Pastor, I would be here for an hour or more. And I can do this. But I believe the Lord wants to do a work at one time all across the fixing to touch your body from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. You're going to know it because there's going to be a warmth that starts right up there. And what that is, is that that's an anointing, it's an oil that's going to start flowing from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. You have been praying, God, I want something special from you. God, I want something greater than I've ever had before. Tell me if I'm wrong. But this is what the Holy Ghost has spoken to me. God is fixing to do that. He's fixing to touch you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Lift your hands to heaven right now. By the authority of the Word of God. Right now, in Jesus' name, let it happen right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Mississippi in January. I've got the video on my phone. I should have given it to the media to show you. I've got a video on my phone. January, I was in uh, Mississippi, right outside of Jackson. Service starts. I'm sitting on the platform. They wheel a guy in in a wheelchair, 17, 18 years old. I see his father pick him up around the waist and set him on the chair. And the devil says to me, come on, 
The devil goes to church too. And the enemy says to me, you got your work cut out for you today. I said, no, I don't. It's not me. I, I, it's not, not me. I preach. I go to minister to somebody. I turn around and the wheelchair is up front with the guy sitting in the wheelchair. And they came back to me. They said, Brother Marshall, they'd like for you to pray for this young man. I said, what's wrong with him? And they said, uh, you see, some are by request and some are by revelation. Hello? Some healings happen by request or revelation. And uh, so I said, what's, what's wrong with him? They said, uh, he's got a COVID migraine for four months. He had dark sunglasses on and had uh, earphones on. So I said, okay, God, I'm asking you to touch this young man. Would you reach down and put your hand upon him? Heal his body right now. I hardly got the word now out of my mouth. And he pulled his, head, his sunglasses off, pulled his headphones off and motioned for his mom. And she started, lifted her hands, started crying. I said, what, what's going on? She said, he said, mom, I've got no headache. It's completely gone. Instantly, God did it. Instantly, God did it. Pastor, I did what every good evangelist would do. I went back to my chair on the platform and I said, good job, God. And I went to sit down before I could even touch the chair. The Lord said, tell him to get out of the wheelchair. Okay, you healed his headache, so I guess you can get him out of the wheelchair too. So I walked out down to him and I, I said, can he walk? And they said, no, he, he's got nerve damage on the right-hand side of his body. 18 years old, he's got nerve damage on the right-hand side of his body. I had seen them have to lift him. I said, well, the Lord told me to tell him to get out of the wheelchair. I took his hand. He stood up on his own, and we walked halfway across the auditorium. Two weeks later, they sent me a video. I've got it on my phone. He's running back and forth in front of the doctor's office, completely healed. Somebody hear me in this house today. That's why we worship. That's why I praise. That's why I glorify him. Come on, God. I, I want you to know your child is here. God, your child is right here. I want you to hear me. God, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't know why storms end differently for other people. That is not my business. My business to under, is to understand that he is with me in the middle of my storm. I'm preaching to some people. I'm prophesying to some people right now. He is with you in the middle of your storm. So lift your voice to heaven. Lift your voice to heaven right now. If you're in the middle of a physical storm right now, come, on. come stand right here in the front. Come on quickly. Physical storm. Come quickly. Come on. Come on. I'm not going to beg. I'm just going to make the appeal. Come quickly. In the name of Jesus. Physical storm right here. Come on. Thank you. Come a little closer. Just come a little closer. closer. Now. God's fixing to heal people physically across this room. God's fixing to do it. But there are people in this room that your mind has been tormented. I, I'm preaching to specifically two people in this building right now. The enemy has said to you, 
it's over, you might as well just quit. I'm preaching specifically for two people in this building. And if he shows me, I'll come and tap my I'll come and tap you on the shoulder. Sometimes he says, just do it this way. And I'm doing it. I'm not, we're not finished yet. The Holy Ghost is not finished yet. If you're down here in the front right now, would you lift your hands to heaven? Lift your voice to heaven right now and begin thanking God for what he's going to do.